I'm recording now, so I'm just gonna talk, and now um, yep. you guys talk. Oh, Arman, your your friend uh, Luke sent me a message on Instagram. Really? What did he say? Because I put like the the story of myself, and he said cutie. <laughs> Ready. Ready. Okay, here we go. Welcome back to our podcast concept. We're still in our baby shoes, but we're getting we're getting there slowly but steadily. I'm joined again today by Dotto and Arman, my Swiss ballers, um, hey. my friends. How are you today, boys? Good. good. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. How's it? How's it going in Switzerland, Arman? It's good. The three points all across the board for Zurich and for Arsenal. So happy days. Scored in the in the um, in our first game yesterday as well for my local team. So good oh. weekend. Good reports from back home. That is a uh, that is what we like to hear. Yeah. You've also um you've also done well predicting that Haaland would come good at City after Dodo and I spent most of last podcast talking about how he's not going to fit in. He has since played two games, and he has scored eight goals. I think I recounted. I think it was eight goals. Yeah. Um, proving proving that we don't know shit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm obviously there. We're talking about the the Leipzig game on yeah. during the week in the Champions League, where City ran riot, and he scored five. We're going to get to the Champions League draw in a bit. <laughs> We're going to start with the FA Cup, where Vincent Company with Burnley came back to Man City, his old stomping ground. Lovely guy. I always like how he comes across in interviews. Just mm-hmm. a really well-spoken, clever man. Mm-hmm. Uh, said some really smart things. Plays really good football. It's really nice to watch Burnley play, yeah. but they got torn apart by City and Haaland, who's just suddenly found form as if he's been listening to this test pod. <laughs> I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. Yeah. Yeah, City look good, boys, don't they? Yeah. But still, I, I think it was a championship side in uh Burnley is still in championship, but obviously they are like level of the Premier League. But yeah, they're still a championship side. But yeah, very good game from City. I didn't watch it, but I was watching the highlights, and they were so good, especially Alian, as you said. So, yeah. The thing that struck struck me was like how a lot of their players are hitting form again. I mean, both mm-hmm. you know, both uh, Silva and and Foden were out of the picture for a bit, and just now where it really matters, they're coming to like start. To get into the picture again, Foden with a brilliant assist for for Haaland's second, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Alvarez with the first, but just they're they're just so difficult to to beat because they've got so many weapons. And obviously, if Haaland's yeah. into this form, it's and even De Bruyne, De Bruyne was so good. Yeah, for sure. Even like, in the Champions League. That's the thing. Like you say, Burnley is a is a is a very strong Championship team, but Leipzig. They are a Champions League side, and they did really well yeah. in the first leg to keep them at one-one. But they shredded them to pieces. Mm-hmm. But there is still this challenge from Ederson. I don't know what you think about it, guys. But was it a red card or for you? Uh, I actually don't have it in my head at the moment. Okay. It was it against Burnley? No, no, it was the Champions League. Yeah, the one. Oh, yeah, Leipzig, I remember yeah. the one. Yeah, I think I think it's just a yellow. To be honest, because the Leipzig player was behind and he was sprinting towards goal, and the City player was sprinting towards. So I think it would have yellow would have been perfectly fine. But I think he gave a, a free kick in the opposite direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which was definitely City, the wrong yeah. decision. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he did that. I know Toto, you will remember for sure. He did that against Bellingham too, like two years ago. You remember this this scene where Ederson actually kicked oh, yeah. Bellingham and in the after foot. we scored, no. And and he, he he went on to score and he gave a free kick in the other direction. So yeah, remember, when the, yeah. when this scene this scene happened, I kind of remembered this this uh, decisive uh, moment in the BVB against City game as well. I mean that was just a shocking decision. I feel like goalkeepers get that extra bit of protection from yeah, referees sometimes 100%. when they come out of the box. It's like I can't yeah, give a free kick because everything I do against the keeper has to be a red card, and then I made the wrong decision. So I'm just going to give it the other way. Yeah, basically it was the same. You remember Bellingham? The oh yeah, yeah. But the the the, the uh, it was the World Cup final, like when uh, Neuer kicked uh, Iguain oh, in the face, and it was a, <laughs> a, a free kick for for Germany. I was yeah. like, bro, 
<laughs> you know the kid in man. Yeah. yeah, it's such a weird thing. They they always protect the goalkeepers, whereas they are yeah. like the biggest, strongest boys, and us short lads trying yeah. to run around them are always the ones getting clattered, and we never get <laughs> any protection yeah. from any ref anywhere. So I don't know. It's a weird. It's a weird one. But I I mean I suppose it's just the refs are too scared to you know mm -hmm. make a game changing decision. Yeah, that's yeah. a thing. Yeah. That might be wrong. One hundred percent. Yeah. But Edison gets it right, right most of the time, and, and yeah, he was obviously just one player. thing for, for about City. I think there are going to be definitely bigger tests to come. I think these games where they play at home, and I mean, it's lovely to watch them. I can they can score ten in these kind of games, but I think there will be bigger tests to come in this season. For sure, they've got an easy draw now in the FA Cup uh, semi-final against Sheffield United. Again, Sheffield oh, is it? a top Championship side, but yeah, they. They play them at Wembley, so that's what stops them from yeah. being so the final game. They play Brighton. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. But then in the Champions League, they're facing Bayern. What a game! Which is going to be just a great game. That's yeah. just the fifty-fifty, isn't it? For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait for that. We'll we'll preview yeah. the Champions League draw in a sec. Let's stay in England for now. I want to talk quickly about United. Um, they they played at home to Fulham. Which you'd think on paper is a fairly easy, easy game, but then United without Casemiro seems to just be a different team. I don't know what mm -hmm. happens there. He just he, he gives them so much stability, and McTominay and Sabitzer, who were playing in in midfield, just couldn't even get close to to Fulham's midfield. I mean, Palinia, who's had a brilliant season, and Harrison yeah. Reid have what a player. yeah been so good, and they were just running circles around them for about 70 minutes of that game. Mm -hmm. and Fred was not there. Fred was on the bench. He, he got okay. subbed on. Uh, okay. I think he needed a break after the, the Betis game on, on Thursday. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so Fulham turned up at Old Trafford, playing really, really well on the front foot, causing loads of problems for United all over the shop. And I didn't see a way back into it for United until they brought on Anthony and... Um, on the on the counter, he he squares it to to Sancho, who shoots, and Villian blocks it on the line with with his hand. So that's a and the ref gives a a, a corner kick first, and then consults the VAR monitor on the side of the pitch, and madness ensues. So within. <laughs> Did you did you see this, boys? It's fucking yeah. Great. Yeah. So within three good. minutes, he sent or within a minute actually, he sends off. He first he sends off the coach, <laughs> uh, Marco Silva, because he's trying to interfere while he's at the at the monitor. Which you're like, that's fair enough. They can recover from this. Then he sees what he sees on the monitor that Bullian blocks the ball clearly with his hand on the line. The ball was going in. So it's a red card for Willian. And then Mitrovic, who, was, who scored so the goal, dumb. who was so mm -hmm. good, who was all over uh, Harry Maguire and, and Martinez to some extent as well, goes, I don't know what happens. He, something just, he loses it completely and goes yeah. in on the ref, shoves him out the way, ch chats shit to him and gets yeah, he sent off. He pushed him as well. As well. Yeah, he, he shoves him away and, and pushes him and like sort of, he almost like assaults him. The ref's like running away as if he's talking to, to Roy Keane from back in the day. <laughs> Absolute scenes. I don't know what happened there in Mitrovic's brain, but within three, within a minute, they lose three key figures that all yeah. were like Marcus Silva's game plan was on point. Mitrovic was so good. Willian mm -hmm. was rolling back the years, nearly scored, uh, but for yeah. a brilliant save from the air. And Fulham just ruined seventy odd minutes of brilliant work and a huge chance to get to Wembley in one or two minutes of madness and then Bruno puts away the penalty two minutes later Sabitzer scores and then Bruno Fernandes scores another goal really United got away with it and I kind of want to talk about how good Fulham's game plan is but I mean what madness yeah but I, I think why Mitrovic has to do that there is no need to do that William is off that's a clear handball and there is no need to go to the ref and push him and talk shit. I don't know. What yeah, I mean, effectively, effectively, the game was over with his decision. I mean, if you're down to nine men and it's 1-0 for United at Old Trafford, it's just over. I mean, you cannot do anything. Yeah. 100%. So. It's, just, it's, so, it's so weird how... Because even, you know, you can miss the penalty and then it's 10 v 11, 15 minutes yeah. left. You can you have a chance. 
Yeah. Yeah, and, and if you make if you make it uh, to zero zero, then it's going to be return game at the at their ground. So I think yeah, that would be perfect for them. Is it a return game? I thought it was going to extra time. I think it was. No, return game. Was it? Was it a return game? game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, return because game. I went to see Fulham Southern and they had the return game. Oh, because it's only on the semi-final where there where there isn't yeah. a, a replay. Okay, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what I mean. Like they needed to hang on for another like I don't know, ten fifteen minutes, and and well, actually, just yeah. decides not to. Two things on United. I think with Casemiro they lack so much stability, and I think going forward and defensively it gives them so much. Even going forward, I think sometimes people underestimate how good he is, like how mm -hmm. he intercepts the play, how he plays those key passes through the lines. I think. He's so good, and it's it's a it's it's a compliment to him how good he is. But it's worrying for United that he's out for for so many games. And then the other thing, I think, just the tight calendar is getting to him, getting to them because they have a game every three days, and it's not going to change after the international break as well. So I think they really they seem like they don't have the same energy and determination as they do. I don't know, a couple of months ago. I don't know how you guys feel about it. Yeah. It it felt to me like yesterday's game was one game too far, for sure. They definitely, definitely got away with it. Fulham were, were so much better than, than United. And I mean, since the World Cup, and it's been three months, they played 25 games, which is an insane amount of games. Did really much. well, though. I mean, they, they out of those 25, they won 19, four draws, two losses and scored 54 goals so it's it, they've been playing really really well and and, mm -hmm. and ten hag has definitely deserved some praise and they obviously won the cup as well but at the same time as you just said Armand, like as soon as casemiro goes everything seems to be more shaky and mm -hmm. that kind of shows how much more there is to go but but from obviously i'm a united fan so i can only you know i'm always going to be I'm always going to be biased on this. As an outsider, as a United hater, even Armand, how <laughs> how do you rate their progress? Are you getting worried again? Uh, yeah, definitely for next season. I think this season we're fine, probably. But next season, yeah, definitely. I mean, United with this, uh, with their financial uh, stature, they can always bring in new revenues and they can always bring in new players. And it's always a, a, a matter of time until they're back, I think, a club with this size. So, yeah, I'm definitely worried, but uh, confident that we will do a job on them next season as well. Of course you are. Of course you are. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were worried about United, but no, you're worried about Arsenal. I mean, worried about how good United are going to be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to be worried. I think if they're gonna, I think they have. To, if they get in like a Harry Kane or a Oshiman, I think they're definitely up there and yeah. contending for or the league. as well. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe win one more cup, either the Europa or, or the FA Cup. I think they season. have to get Kane. I think if you're Man United in this situation, I think you just have to get Kane. I think. But do you think you he wants to, to get leave? Him. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's his decision. But it's now or never for me. You have to get yeah. him. There seems yeah, to be that sort of vibe around Tottenham. Should we should we talk about Tottenham boys? Because I think we have to. <laughs> um, so for those of you who were I don't know somewhere on the moon or someplace over the weekend, Tottenham did the very Tottenham thing of going to bottom of the league, Southampton. They were one 0 up. They were three one up with what ten minutes to go, and mm -hmm. they bottled it. Finally, drawing three three, courtesy of a last minute penalty by. James Ward Prowse. What a penalty! And yeah, I mean the, the yeah, confidence fair, and yeah, just put it top bins ninety fourth minute or something incredible. The yeah. the interesting part was less that Spurs did what they do, which is to bottle these sort of games. The 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 interesting thing for me was the comment made by by Conte after the game, basically throwing everyone and their grandma under the bus, saying. It's the same thing all over again for Spurs. It's it's the owner's fault. It's kind of almost insinuating that they're lucky to have him, and the players are not fit to wear the shirt. And and it's the history, like Gellini once said, this is the history of the Tottenham. Oh, I love these interviews. <laughs> and like I I listen to this and I I ask my and I see this and it happens time and time again. I mean the Champions League semi final, 
against mm-hmm. Ajax was like the one time they did it to someone else. All the other times in living memory, they were on the receiving end of, of just massive bottle jobs. And I I wonder, it's become... I mean, you're, you, you already were laughing there, but how is a club this rotten? How does this happen? Well, you know, say it's, it's rotten, so but they're sitting, they're sitting in fourth. I mean... I'm the first yeah, but one no, to joke about, not going to I'll talk about Tot- to Tottenham, but to be honest, there's the whole season, this negative vibe around Tottenham, I think everybody can feel it, everybody can sense that they're not really happy, is, is Conte going to leave, is he going to stay, nobody really knows, is Kane going to leave, is going to stay, but they're actually fourth, they mm-hmm. were in the, in the Champions League uh, uh, last round of 16, and the vibes were already negative. I mean, they're fourth. I mean, that's their goal. Ultimately, that's what they should achieve. So I don't, yeah. I don't get this. I mean, I can, I can understand maybe the style of football is sometimes frustrating, but if there is like a negative vibe when you're fourth, imagine when you're sixth. Imagine when you're seventh. So mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's like it's very, really like a very negative. Yeah, and uh, I think like there was, there was. There was a lot of injuries as well at the moment because in the midfield there was no one. They have to play Pat Matessa or even Oliver Skip. Mm-hmm. And I don't get it. Why? I think they're not going to stay top four. But at the moment they are top four. They need to, to keep that way, to stay in the top four. I don't know why Conte say that. There, there is no need to say that for me. Just I mean, know, to give some context to this, to this, their top four. Yeah, So they have their own 20... Uh, eight games, so that's two yeah, games more than Newcastle, and Newcastle yeah. have are two points behind them. Even Liverpool mm. could catch up to them Brighton if well. they win both their games. Brighton as yeah. well have three games in hand, even so, they are sat fourth, but within reason. And if they continue but this, the run, five, this I think. but I understand where this is coming from because of the way they play. They have all yeah. these great attacking players. They they buy these exciting wing backs like Pedro Porro, Doherty, who was back in the day really good at, at yeah. Wolves. And obviously Sonny and Richarlison and, and Harry Kane we don't need to talk about, but they still play such destructive football. I mean, the way they played after they went 3-1 up. Anyone who, who hasn't stupid. seen Match of the Day, it's worth looking because they yeah. do actually create analysis on this. They just went mm. to a flat back five, four in midfield and Harry Kane, all within up, the yeah. space of like, I don't know, a three by three you, easy up. You're just in, inviting the pressure. Completely. There was no three one bottom of the table, right? So and they have ten minutes to go, and they're like, okay, now we're just gonna be scared and protect our lead, and they get punished for it. And Southampton yeah. did well, of course. Yeah, Theo Walcott rolling back the years, but it was so, <laughs> it was so passive and it was so destructive from Spurs that I, I understand where this is coming from. And then obviously these results don't help them. But my my question is, how? Does a, the whole club mentality, how does an Italian footballer like Chiellini say, this is the history of the Tottenham? How does this keep happening and how do you get out of it? I don't know. I think, it's I think probably it's, it's because of the trophies, I think. Because they haven't won it in 2008. Since 2008, they always have this narrative around them. And I think if they won, won a couple FA Cups by now or a Carabao Cup, I think... It would be way, way better because everybody, I think every Tottenham fan is so impatient. I need a trophy now, I need a trophy now that maybe you overlook what's maybe the best for the long term. So I think this this, this greed for this trophy maybe gives them this frustration all the time. And I think Conte with the press conference, I think he was just he was just so angry. I think this guy just, just wants to win and he's sick and tired of losing because he's such a winner. If you look at his record, I think he was just angry and he and he couldn't hold himself. But then, then my question would be right: they have Sheffield United at home in the FA Cup. That's three away. games. Three oh, away. Sorry, they have three three games left before they're playing in a cup final. Why don't they make that a priority? Surely, yeah, surely that's the easiest way. But I can't even remember the last time Spurs were. You know, in a in a cup final at Wembley and had a proper chance of winning it. I mean, Pochettino against Mourinho back in the Carabao, day. But... They were in the Carabao Cup final uh, 2021 against it. But do you know what I mean? Why don't they make that more of a of a priority? Why don't they just say, okay, guys, we're we're trying top four, but the, if the weeks come where but we have the Carabao did... Cup, that's what we focus on. They did play a strong lineup against Sheffield, though. 
but then is it a me- is it where's that mentality then like how can you if you yeah, know yeah. that's where you have to be at your best like you how- maybe yeah maybe you don't know about the the illness from Conte maybe how that maybe a, a a bit of a factor in that as well I mean it, maybe that's excuses but it can have a it can have a big impact on a team I think it's just it's just fascinating to me how every football fan in the country up and down the country and that's whether you're I don't know a Nottingham Forest fan or a Newcastle fan or a United fan or an Arsenal fan even no one really takes them seriously because no one sees them as a real threat because there's this expectation that again and again has been confirmed that they will bottle it yeah and then when the results like this happen it's just yeah everyone's just like ah yeah we knew this was gonna happen yeah and (laughs) when they came to the Emirates it was like in October I was so 100% sure that we were gonna win because they always go in their shell and there's gonna be goals I mean if if you play with Emerson and I don't know uh, Sanchez and all these guys there's going to be goals. And I yeah. think maybe they need to to try a different approach with their tactics. So maybe maybe talking more solution-orientated, what is the solution? Is it a manager problem? Is it a management problem? Is it a, How do you change that? That's I think after this press, press conference, I think he needs to leave, in my opinion. But will a different yeah. manager... I mean, they've had so many proven good managers, right? They've had Mourinho, Pochettino, people who've won titles in other... At other clubs, but for me, Mourinho and, and Conte and even Nuno Espirito Santo—they're they're not Tottenham managers for me. I think Tot- yeah. uh, Tottenham, especially when Poch was there, they played such exciting football with the high press, with the counter press, uh, with the high line and possession play. It was so exciting to watch them. Actually, I think they need that as well, and the fans will get behind them if they if they play a bit more. Uh, yeah, but I think more aggressive they need, they offensive need, style. They need new defenders as well because you can't play a yeah. season with Longley, Davison Sanchez, Ben Davies, players like that. There is no way you can stay in the top four with a defense like that. No. Yeah, and the and opposition aren't getting any weaker. Speaking of, no. I'm just going to go through the Premier League's biggest results or the the results really. Uh, Newcastle, their biggest rivals currently for top four, they won with a last-minute penalty at Notts Forest on Friday evening. Mm. Uh, Aston Villa beat Bournemouth 3-0, which was a bit of a shame to see after Bournemouth beat Liverpool the week before. They just kind of crumbled, had a few good chances at 1-0, but never really got going. And um, the big game was Wolverhampton against Leeds, where Leeds won surprisingly 4-2 away from home. Brentford... Leeds going to stay up. It's looking it's looking more and more likely at the moment. They're at 14th, even though everything is really close together. Obviously, it can all change uh, next week yeah. when they play Arsenal away, uh, or after the international break, I should say. Yeah. And we went. We were at the Brentford game. It wasn't the best of games. Brentford against Leicester, one-one. Madison had one moment of genius, and other than that, we were we were. Looking oh, what a pass! Really, really good pass, really good assist. But we were we were looking at each other, going, "He's not really in the game, is he?" And he wasn't. No. He was just, yeah. Shout out! Oh yeah, guys, can you can you uh, can you send me a report because uh, I want I'm thinking about bringing in my FPL team for the next big game week, so uh, I need a big report on Madison for this game, please. I don't know. The, the problem is that there was like every time he was touching the ball, there was like two free players from Bradford on him, and there was no space for him to to do his magic. So it was re- really a tough game for him. But you can. But see it that shows close that he still he still found a way to to. to yeah, he's a baller. You can see it. Yeah. You leave him too much pains, and that's finished because he's such a good player. But there was no space well, until that assist, and yeah. What do you think, Fab? Yeah, I agree. I agree with that assessment. Like, like we said, he wasn't really getting on the ball enough to really show what he can do. I think Brentford did really well to to deal with with him in in those <laughs> little pockets. He did find find one little pocket and immediately did some damage with a brilliant pass to to Barnes, who finished it well, by the way. Yeah. But but yeah, I I think it's very easy. Leicester are quite easy to predict right now. That doesn't mean they're necessarily easy to to stop because they still have quality but they are easy to predict if you can stop Madison you basically stop their whole mm-hmm. offense so mm-hmm. I don't know not my not my recommendation 
Uh, for, what a finish though by, by Barnes, I think. It was a yeah. really cheeky finish. Yeah, we were talking about Barnes as well. Harvey Barnes, winger for, for Leicester. It's not his first I like season. him. Yeah, he's it's the consistency player. for me. You know, he's, yeah. he's a baller, but he can't do it consistently. You know, he, yeah. he, he from yeah. probably on a quality basis, he should be getting five to ten goals and assists. I think every he, would, he, would, he would shine more in a, for example, I don't know, in a Brighton team. Yeah. Maybe, but maybe there was at the moment. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying yeah. if you're playing in a team who is as inconsistent as Leicester, I think the most inconsistent team probably in the league, then it's probably difficult to mm-hmm. to be sure. consistent as well. It has been it has been a very difficult season. There's two more results I want to quickly touch upon. Chelsea drew at home to Everton courtesy of a last minute equaliser by Sims, which we're obviously very happy about. Chelsea still can't quite seem to get it right, although maybe this is an opportunity for us to also give a shout-out to Sean Dyke. Do you like him? I think he's the perfect manager for this particular situation at Everton. Yeah, I think he uh, he's not naive. He's, he, he's not going to 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 Stamford Bridge and thinking, OK, let's let's press them. Let's uh, try and play a high line. No, we're going to we're going to uh, play simple and we're going to See what we're going to get with our defensive tactics. They did really well though to get in Chelsea's faces. They limited them to very mm-hmm. few chances. Were very physical. Yeah. It's not the because a lot of people th- hear Sean Dyke and think oh four four two shitty Burnley <laughs> But but they were they were in they were in and amongst it. They were they were going. Yeah, they had some they had some good transition moments I think as well. Yeah, it was it was good to see. And I really hope I hope they stay up because I I really like Sean Dyke. I think he's he's better manager than but, people give him credit for. Yeah, I think but nobody wants Everton to go down as well. Yeah. I think such a no. big club with such a nice fan base. Tell that, to, do you think tell that to any Liverpool fan. <laughs> do you think if they stay up, he would stay as the manager? Yeah, for yeah, sure. sure. For sure. Okay. 100%. I, think, I, really, I, I like Daesh. I think he's a, he's a proper good manager. I agree. He's very no nonsense. He doesn't. He doesn't yeah. do. He doesn't do half measures. From what that's, I can tell that's from what the you, outside, that's what that's what they need when you're down there. You know, for sure, for sure. No tippy tappy. No compromises. If you're if you're doing the job well and if you're working hard, you're in the team. But otherwise, he's not going to give you any attention. And that's what mm-hmm. you need at a club like Everton in this situation, for sure. I think I think he's he really deserves. He really deserved to, to get something out of that game and, and I hope he, he keeps them up for sure. Last result. Arsenal 4, Crystal Palace 1. Arman? <laughs> yeah. You, sh- you guys should start for once, I think. Then I can maybe react. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to say, like, we've been discussing that about for a few weeks now. I think you're, like, the best team this year that there is no discussion about that and I think that everyone hopes that you're going to win the league because you're the best team in the country but because of you guys Arsenal fan no one wants to see you win the league <laughs> and I'm sure yep. Fabi is going to agree with me 100% we are annoying aren't we yeah so much yeah and it's frustrating because from a footballing point of view I mean the first 20 minutes Crystal Palace were really good they were they had that <laughs> You know, they, they, the they post, sacked yeah. yeah they they sacked Patrick Vieira and and it gave them a bit of a bounce a bit of a bounce as as often happens in these situations. But after twenty minutes, Arsenal, as soon as that goal went in from Martinelli, they just the game completely changed and yeah. and Arsenal was yeah. so good. I think you just but cannot let them into their rhythm. I think if they start to get in the rhythm, it's over. And Palace re- really did well. They they actually didn't the. the they didn't stand too deep. They were quite aggressive, and they had some transitional moments. And Saha nearly scored with that the post. Actually, Ramsdale got a, a hand to it. So shout out to Ramsdale mm-hmm. for for that. And yeah, and then when they got in the rhythm with Saka, Udegaard, especially on the right hand side with White, and then yeah, I think yeah, it's going to be difficult for any side to to stop them. But I, I think there, there was still a lot to play. Because obviously you have to play Chelsea, City, Liverpool. Yeah, of course. I mean, this is a must win. Uh, this is not. I'm not getting too car- uh, carried away with this result, but it's it's good to see that uh, uh, we beat them convincingly after 120 minutes on on Thursday. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah, an easy after after going out in the Europa League uh, to 
sporting at home on penalties. That is, for those of you who aren't aware that this happened, yeah. Arsenal lost at home in the penalty shoot. A quick shout out to Bukayo Saka 10 goals and 10 assists. After oh, I thought you were going to talk about Kim Kardashian. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Kim K was at the game and I think that's pretty yeah. much the last thing we we'll yeah, say yeah she's a, she's a gooner I think <laughs> no because she went to Paris uh, on when was yeah, it? She on Sunday she went to, well, to Paris she, she went to London oh yeah true okay I'm gonna I'm gonna move the pod on here at this point boys let's talk uh, let's talk Bundesliga you, you, you're not sure you want to talk more about Arsenal no? no I'll, I'll leave you with the shout out to, to Bukayo Saka he's, he's been he's been having a great season and I'm looking forward to seeing him against Italy playing for England yeah there's yeah. going to be tougher tests and field sure. Etihad for sure make Thank sure you, make sure he stays fit and then you've got a real chance of winning this yeah alright Bundesliga boys there have been some huge results we're top of the league I think I, I, you are top of the league and I do want to give you the platform to talk about that, Dodo. I want to give a quick shout-out to two teams at the bottom of the of the table. Number one is Hoffenheim, who we've been slagging yeah. off in the last episode. We slagged them off telling, saying that they smell like <laughs> smell, smell like relegation and they, <laughs> they came out uh, 3-1 winners in a huge game against Hertha Berlin. Uh, Krammeridge scoring two penalties and, and Bibble the totally striker scoring uh, another goal um, straight from from a kickoff from the goalkeeper actually and then Hertha were only were only able to, to score through Stefan Jovetic who some people might remember from Man City back in the day he scored in the 90s yeah an amazing shot yeah it's it, it decent finish of course very very uh, and now an old old hat but, but what a classy striker he was back in the day playing for Monaco mm-hmm. into Sevilla and uh, really, really kicked off his career at, at Fiorentina um, around 2010-ish, I maybe. But yeah, so so Hoffenheim are now out of the relegation zone with that win again. And, and just after slagging them off, I wouldn't give them some credit for that. Secondly, uh, a shout out to to Bochum who who beat what Leipzig, which is a huge result for them. And and really? as as it stands, they're they're four points clear of of the relegation zone. And if they stay up. That means our, our Swiss friend Noah Lawsley might actually end up playing Bundesliga next season, <laughs> which, which is hilarious. Um, so, so that would be that would be fun to watch. But yes, Dodo, take it away. Dortmund, after a difficult week, playing against Köln, who was struggling at home, mm-hmm. pressure game. They did pretty well. Yeah, I think it was like one of our best game of the season. And I, I'm going to say something. Big shout out to Guerrero and Mohamed Dahoud because, like, obviously there was a lot of discussion inside. Uh, they don't want to keep them next year, and I think it would be such a terrible decision not to to keep them because they're so good players. Guerrero played played as a midfielder uh, on Saturday. He had like one goal and two assists. I think it was. Yep. What a game from him! And yeah, love it. Seven-one uh, victory. Easy win, love it. Uh, Captain Marco Roy scored the, his 161 goals for the the club now. Mm-hmm. He's the second best goal scorer of the club. So yeah, love it. Worth saying that, yeah. that Haller scored two goals as well. Yeah, sure. But I'm happy for him, obviously, because I think he's a good player and he had a tough time uh, in the past few months, but. I still think he's not the, the the striker that we need, but I'm very happy for him. It'll be interesting to see what he does if he gets a full preseason with with the team. I think you know he, yeah. he did well for 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 West Ham. He became a very almost a club icon in that one championship run with Ajax. And even with Frankfurt, it was very good. With Frankfurt, he was he was amazing. So he he's also yeah. been proven to do it in the Bundesliga. So like yeah. I, yeah, let's let's give him a preseason. I'd say. Next yeah, sure. Year. But I think yeah, sure, I think yeah. even if we keep Haller, uh, I think we need the backup striker, or maybe well, play Haller yeah. as the. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, I think we need a backup because we can't win the league or want to play the Champions League with just Haller up front and nothing uh, nothing else on the bench because I'm not sure they're going to to keep Mukoko as well. Let's see. I don't really know what's the yeah. situation, but 
the the other thing I wanted to talk about, I mean, you've already touched upon Rafael Guerrero, people who know him from the Portuguese national squad. He's actually a left-back, but has been playing centre-mid for yeah. the past couple of games and has just been scoring and assisting for fun. What about that? He's been getting a lot of, a lot of um, stick for his performances at, at left-back in recent years, even. I, rightly so, at, in, some, in some occasions. But this sort of move into centre mid due to injuries has has just kind of given him new life. I mean, as you said, mm-hmm. his, his contract is expiring, same with Dahoud. And then before the game, you see the team sheet and you're like, no Chan, no Uschan, uh, by no Gittins injured, the goalkeeper Kobol still injured. A lot of mm-hmm. a lot of woes here and there for, for Dortmund, but they are stepping up. Like, something's yeah. going really well there. Just one thing yeah. on Dortmund, I think... Um... I mean, when they play like this and they play at home against a side who is like in such poor form, they're lovely to watch with the procession and they could have scored 8, 9, 10. I mean, yeah, they were amazing and I could watch them the whole time. It, it was fun. But I think there's still going to be some pain for Dortmund this season. I don't think they will win the league and I think they're going to get, still going to get smashed by Bayern next week. Uh, in two weeks, yeah, I, I'm sorry, Toto. Is... I'm sorry, yeah. Toto, but I think this is going to be the case. And especially when it gets like these tough away games, when they have to play, I don't know, that's Gladbach away and stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really not that sure about them yet, but it was a good yeah. performance. Yeah, but I'm so upset that the fact that the Bayern game is right after the international break. It's... I'm, like the, the calendar is, uh, it's always like that I hate to have like big fixtures up just after the, the international break because imagine Bellingham gets injured or I don't know uh, Stotterbeck or big player you could say, say the same for Bayern players I yeah, think I know. More, I probably think, more internationals no, think, in the Bayern squad yeah, I know I, I mean that not only for Dortmund I mean for that for both clubs and the fact that they don't have like a full training session together for one or two weeks I don't know if it's two weeks yeah, it's two weeks. Two yeah, weeks yeah. yeah, two weeks. Uh, I don't like that. And yeah, to have this game at that moment, I don't think it's a good situation for both clubs. But I think, yeah, Bayern are going to be the favorite for that game, even for me. But let's see. I hope we can do something, even a draw or something. But yeah. Yeah, I, I want to quickly, before we move on to Bayern, because I want to talk about their game as well, which had some funny moments in it. I want to talk about Marco Royce. He's obviously a club legend at mm-hmm. Dortmund. Not really a player a lot of people here in England know, I think. Uh, he's kind of always flown under the radar, even though I think maybe because of his injuries, people have kind yeah. of n- sort of ignored him a bit. But he's now got 150 league goals, 161 in total. He's 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 just had the worst luck with injuries. Missed the World Cup in 2014, so he's not a World Cup winner. But the the way he scored that first goal against Köln on on the weekend, it's it's sort of, it, it's a technique you haven't it's really art. seen. Elegance. It's crazy. Like it, he hits yeah. it with top spin, and it's like a a, a tennis shot by Nadal. The way yeah. it like yeah. rises and then dips again, and it still curls. It's I mean he shoots the same with the free kicks as well. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like the 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 swerve and dip and technique. Yeah. The quality Amazing. he has are is incredible to watch. If he had an injury record of, of someone like Touchwood, Bruno Fernandes or, you know, a player who's always available never... Messi, you know, Ronaldo Messi, Messi, Ronaldo, exactly, those sort of type players. Mm. I think we would be Both talking... as well, I mean... We would be talking about a different footballer here. He has... Yeah. He is... He could have been so much better than... Yeah, the the, the ability is, is off the screen. Incredible, incredible player. So I just wanted to mention that if, if ever you have some free time to spare and you want to watch a baller, watch some Marco Royce highlights. Yeah, you're going to fall in yeah. love like Dynamite. everyone else. Dynamite. It's just, it's just, I think he's, like, he's floating on the pitch. I don't know if it's the proper word, but it's just with his elegance and his technique. And yeah. I mean, back in the day, even like 2014, he was like, with his pace as well, he was just unplayable if he had a good day. Really, he was yeah. so good. Both footed, so fast. I don't think he has got quite the, the pace like he had back in the day, but no, I mean he was amazing. But still, the the quality and the, the elegance and everything. Yeah, he's yeah. still there. 
amazing, amazing play. And I think his injuries are what stopped him from maybe joining a Premier League or, or Bayern um, side at some no, point over the past. He would have never gone to Bayern, but maybe Man United no. or, or, yeah. or Arsenal. Or There's always like been rumours about that, yeah. And and I no. think I think it is the injuries that prevented him from from really going to one of the. <laughs> yeah, big, no, big no, don't say that. I'm happy he stayed at Dortmund. My captain, my he, legend. Yeah, he is a legend now there, and, and people adore him, and, and rightly so, because as we said, what a player. I want to just quickly talk about the Bayern game now, boys. It's so funny what happened there. So Bayern play away <laughs> to Leverkusen, and Leverkusen had um, a, an away game in the Europa League on, on Thursday, which they did win against Ferenc Barossi. I don't know, probably mispronounced it, but they got through. They're in. I can move? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they're, they're, they're through to the next round of the Europa League and you're thinking after Bayern scored five and, and beat beat uh, PSG in the Champions League this is going to be an easy an easy win and sure enough they take the lead and then Leverkusen who by the way are now being um, being coached by, by Xabi Alonso for those of you who don't know uh, ex-Liverpool Real Madrid and Bayern player of course they get a chance and the their player Adli dives in the box after a foul from was it Pavar or, or yeah Mekar? it was Pavar I think it was Pavar mm-hmm, gets a yellow card and the ref's like okay I'm going to have a look at this he checks the monitor rescinds the red card uh, the yellow card sorry for diving and gives the penalty Palacios scores 1-1 nice and easy I don't know, 10 minutes later? Same thing yeah. again. Adley gets penalised for diving. 20 minutes later, sorry. Admin gets um, penalised for diving. Again, the ref goes over to the monitor. Sees that there was actually contact. This this time, I think it was... It was... Upamecano. Upamecano. Yeah. yeah. He looks at the monitor again, sees the contact, again gives... Takes back the yellow card for, for Adley. Again gives the penalty. Palacios scores again, same corner. And... Uh, <laughs> Leverkusen run away with all three points in yeah. what no one really saw coming. No. But I'm so happy. But I think Bayern were really flat that game. They didn't create as much as they as they normally do. I don't know what's mm-hmm. the matter because they had a, a week off and they should have had proper uh, how do you say they, just, they could probably prepare for this game so I don't know what happened. No, they played in the Champions League. No, not this week. That was the week before. Week oh, before. yeah, okay, yeah. Post to post, okay. Sorry. Maybe it was too long. Maybe these players need a game every three days. Maybe to... they need this for the rhythm. <laughs> but... I don't know. Either way, I, I mean, Muziala's now also pulled out of the Germany squad, so he, because he uh, has a hamstring injury, I think. There's a, oh, really? Yeah, the, it, it's an interesting one. And I, I want to quickly talk about Leverkusen at this point because obviously Bayern are now a point behind Dortmund before the big clash on the 1st of April after the 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 international break Dortmund is top of the league yes Dorto I'm happy for you I hope you're <laughs> there actually, again season. I don't think that's a good result for Dortmund that Bayern lost I think they, yeah. they will be they will be so up for this game yeah there's this there's this energy around Bayern that they're always more dangerous after they've lost a game yeah, yeah. definitely which so, yeah let's yeah. see We'll see. Don't talk too much, Amon. Let's see. We'll, yeah, we'll uh, see. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. I mean, we have to give some prediction. I mean, come on. Uh, <laughs> no. Armand is going out on the limb and, and let me dream. Saying five 0 to Bayern. I'm, um, I'm, I'm yeah. gonna say it's. I'm gonna say it's gonna be four one Bayern. I just want to get quickly before we move on to the other other teams. A shout out to Xabi Alonso because it's his first huge big managerial job in one of the top five leagues. He took them over in the bottom three. And yeah. they've just been climbing the table step for step. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's a Leverkusen are an interesting club because I don't think they've ever done anything to any English team ever since beating United in the semi final of the Champions League in two thousand and two. <laughs> so people don't really take them seriously here. But always United. They've they've had some absolute ballers over the years. I mean Havertz it, it, from from Chelsea came from there. Crows played for them. Vidal. Uh, who was at Juve as well? Son Frank played Gampiers. for them. Berbatov yeah. was there before he before he moved to England, and now even the latest... like a player like uh, Andre Schurle, I don't know if you remember. Yeah, Schurle played for for, yeah. for Chelsea, a... of course. So 
the exciting winger to watch. So they're one of those one of those great feeder clubs, and the next big outlet is going to be Florian Wirtz, who's who's a, f- a fucking baller as well. Like he's yeah, so good. He had his ACL torn, and he's just come back, and he's just been tearing the league up again. I mean, in Musa Diaby as well, and I think especially yeah. Florian Wirtz, he's like one player. I look at him, and I think I want to. If I play, I want to be like him. I think I really see some similarities like not as good as him of course but I think he's like the nearest thing like the nearest style of my play so I really cool Musa I really love him no uh, Florian Wirtz oh you're saying that you're okay no I'm not saying I'm as good <laughs> I'm saying I, maybe, I, I want to be I aspire to to have his uh, his style you know yeah, plays plays as a as a number ten or winger. So if you want to impress your mates at the pub, you can just mention Floor Floor Vietz, He's he's a baller. But do, do yeah. you think he has the same as ability as uh, Jamal Musiala or no? Oof. No, I think Musiala is just maybe a bit ahead of him. But I think you know okay. uh, Vietz had the ACL as well, so yeah, it's tough. Sure. But I think I think Vietz is probably a bit quicker. Mm-hmm. But I think ability wise. Both feet, Moziala. Yeah, I mean he Moziala edges a lot of players. So yeah, I think we'll have to see when when Wirtz goes to a big club. I think that will really show. Yeah, it's always a difference, you know, having to do it week oh, in week out. I want him to, to come to Dortmund, man. I don't see it happening personally. Lever, no. Leverkusen, I I don't no, know. No, I I find them similar to to Spurs in a way where they they really are within their own rights a top four side, but then they have this nickname. Which I think they've kind of embraced, funnily enough, of, of vice vice cousin. Yeah, exactly. So they they always end up second. There was this one year, I think in two thousand and two, where they lost the Champions League final to that Zidane goal. Zidane. Yeah, and then they oh, lost yeah. the league to Bayern that year. And his week of thought as well. What and, and the cup as well. So they just yeah, and that's just kind of stuck with them. So they all, they're they're kind of known for being bottle jobs, but at the same time they always bring out great talents, as we oh, mentioned. Oh, was it? The... No, 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 no. Was it the year with Balak? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Ba- yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, Balak, Schneider, Ramelo, Berbatov was in that team. Um, really, really good side. Lots of fun looking up that Wikipedia uh, article of their run in the in the Champions League because it was very impressive. All right, let's conclude our Bundesliga story there. Let's just look over the the other leagues for a moment. We obviously had a Clasico, Barca winning two one. You watch it, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Not the Clasicos have kind of lost their spark for me a little bit. It's not the same as oh, when it absolutely. was Guardiola and, and Mourinho. Yeah, but it was still a nice game, I think. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah for sure. Way better but than this the last was just. One. I think we were spoiled so crazy in this period. I mean, these these games were not only like on a on a level, just the highest games. They were also like on the intensity on. On the on the on the war games, Messi, Ronaldo, Guardiola, Mourinho. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was Hollywood, basically. I mean, yeah. But I think there was so no way it's difficult do that again. Yeah, yeah. It's difficult to to re, uh, to to copy that in a way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with it was you. That perfect. That was those were the days of all the classicos with with all the the press conferences were almost as much fun as as the games were. <laughs> And nowadays, it's just a lot of it's it's much more tactical. I think it's much more different yeah. styles because Real Madrid only really score with three players going forward. I mean, they have Valverde, Vini, and and Benzema, and the rest of the team are there to what a game from Benzema to protect them. He's just class, mm. man. I mean, him and 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 Vini. No, he was just... so poor yesterday. Oh, you mean? Okay, I know. I <laughs> I, I I just think I don't know. I mean, I I I, 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 think, I, okay. I think it was okay. They gave him. To be honest, I saw like they gave him zero, zero out of ten. That's harsh, man. I, he had yeah, a few really yeah. good shots. The link-up play was good. I don't think he was that bad. I think Vinny was think running the did. show, but yeah. he wasn't that bad. No, I think so either. Okay. But I think the the, the the La Liga is over now. I think. 12 yeah, yeah, point, yeah. Points. Especially it's... like with the with the mental with the mental state of Real Madrid now and Barcelona, I think so. It's over. Yeah, Real Madrid will be interesting to see if they can win the Champions League again. Very tough draw, and then even a tougher draw in the semi-final. I don't know. I mean, if anyone can 
can do it, it is it is it is Real Madrid. I think Chelsea is a difficult draw for them. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think I think yeah. they they will make it tough for them. Um, yeah, they will make it tough for sure. But even if they win, they have to beat like City or Bayern. So yeah, that will be like it, I, I don't like how the tree uh, falls out in the Champions League. I, I I wanted to see that big final, but probably we won't gonna see it. But I think it's it's like Napoli in the. Champions League final yeah, in one sure, game they gained sure, everything but, but I mean the fact that I, uh, either Inter or Benfica is in a semi-final I think ah, let me just for, for those of you who it. don't have it in your brains I'm just going to yeah. read it out we have we have on the one side we have Napoli and AC Milan and then Inter against Benfica and on the other side it's Chelsea Real Madrid and Bayern Man City so that one out of the four of Napoli AC Inter and Benfica will be in the final I actually think, and and Hashi, our good friend Hashi from from our football <laughs> club, he's a massive Milan fan, and he's super confident. And I agree with him. I think Milan have a weird sort of advantage in this game because Napoli, as good as they have so. been, yeah, as good as they have been, and they they just beat Torino four nil at the weekend. They're so good. They're playing scintillating stuff. But in this game, they're not only playing a Milan team who has all the history in this cup and that plays a role because of the stadium because of the mm-hmm. name that the badge on the shirt they're also suddenly the favorites they're suddenly like confronted with this we have to win now you know because like no one expected them to win the Scudetto and now they're kind of where running is, away with it but where is the return game Just the, re- the return game is at the San Siro which makes it okay yeah. even okay, more yeah. wait did I just lie I just lied I, I think know. the return game is is oh. in, in Napoli Oh, Sorry, yeah, I think I lied. <laughs> yes, it's it's in it's in Napoli, but but still, I think the 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 pressure is going to be very different because for now, they've kind of just been cruising and they can just go into every game thinking, hey, we've got nothing to lose because no one is expecting us to win the title, and now they have it wrapped up and it's it's easy breezy. But now suddenly facing potentially the two Milan sides if they beat AC yeah, it's going to be really difficult for to be them. honest I, I, re- I don't see a way of Milan uh, going yeah they're, they're not I strong enough for me I, I mean I guess I, I, I see your point with, with, with the, maybe the mental state that they they can go in as underdogs and they can uh, uh, with the fans in the, in, the, in, the, in the home game maybe they can put a result for the over two legs I think Napoli is too strong mm-hmm. Milan are getting their players back though. Theo Hernandez is 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 playing well again, and Mania, the goalkeeper, is is back, and and Ibra has scored yeah, again. Yeah, but they're still struggling in the league. They are, but I think that's exactly why it could be more dangerous because Milan are going to be like, hey, the Champions League is all but we have left. Do you really do you really think Napoli is going to be naive and think it's going to be easy? Right? Yeah. I don't think so. I just I'm just so, saying Napoli have a really young side. It's the first time they're in. For most of the, for a lot of these players, it's the first time they're in this sort of situation. They but can for, see for the, the Milan draw players as well. I mean, when were Milan less in the quarterfinals? But Milan team? have have Giroud, who's a Champions League winner. They have Ibra, who's been here for twenty seven years. Yeah, but they, Ibra won't gonna play. No, no, but he will play. Do you know what I mean? He'll be he'll he'll come on last ten minutes. He'll make it difficult. Yeah. He'll, you know, he'll be around. So I think just the 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 size and the the aura that Milan bring will make this I think a bigger challenge if for if, there, if, if there, is this any ordinary like Serie A leader against Milan then maybe but Napoli are just too well drilled their players are on fire yeah. and even in the when I when I when I watch them they're just they're so superior to their opponents in every every aspect of the, of the pitch I just I just don't see it I really don't. Yeah. We'll see if they can stick to their guns. It will be a very interesting clash for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the, the Man City Bayern game is the standout one, but for me, Milan yeah. almost poses a different sort which of we, um, interest. Which days? Are, are yeah, I don't know when is it. Uh, it's 11th so of which April. Which games are at the same time? So Benfica and Benfica Inter play at the same day as City Bayern. Okay. So it's Real Madrid, okay. Chelsea, and Milan Napoli on is Wednesday. It in, that's good, like that. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, eleventh and twelfth of April. So, yeah. still some time. You gonna watch the the Napoli Milan game or the Real uh, Chelsea game? I'll do dual screen, baby. What? Yeah, dual screen. You do- I don't like dual screen. I mean, I, it gets me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you don't care. Arsenal are not playing. I know, so. I know, but I, I just want to stick to. I think every game has a has a tells a, a story, you know. 
And yeah. I think if you don't watch the, like a bit of both, you don't really get one. You know, if you, know, if you know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. I think so, I want to watch the Milan-Napoli game. Really? Yeah. Okay. If yeah. I can watch it with yeah. Ashi, I'll definitely watch that one. Yeah, because sure. I ate Madrid and Chelsea, so... <laughs> we should get Hashi on the pod, actually. We will get Hashi on the pod, don't worry. That's yeah. cool. For sure. Okay, let's just Something talk about any French Spurs football. Fans, please. No, th- are there any Spurs fans in our friend groups? Yeah, there, there, there is, I think, in the... There's Bert, but he's the yeah. only one. We'll see. Maybe maybe if they win... One, on the day they win something, we'll get him on. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we still have time. Let's let's talk French. Hey, uh, let's talk French. I still have to still have to go to the ground. This so is I true. I must I must be careful with what I say. Yeah. Let's talk about French football for the for the last few minutes of this pod today. Um, Toto, what what stuck out for you? Uh, big win for Rennes against Paris. Yep. Uh, the the big fullback nice for Paris Saint Germain. Uh, the lose against Bayern Munich in the Champions League. Then they lose to Rennes at home. That's the worst thing. And a lot of things going inside as well with the, the problem with Messi that apparently he decided to left training because of the of Galtier and Galtier putting the the, the, the strong words against the the TT from PSG the the young uh, boys from the academy from PSG. Uh, I don't really get this point because uh, I don't know if you say, uh, you saw it, but he's saying the conference that it's tough for like players like Messi or Mbappe to play on the weekend with players that come from the academy that have seen five or six times that they are not at the level. And I think it's a bit harsh from him because it's not the fault of the young players if Neymar or the players are not here. Marquinhos wasn't there. Ramos wasn't there as well. So, yeah, big uh, big lose for Paris, but I'm so happy with that. And yep. It's a strange I mean, I never, one because... never heard such nonsense, I mean. Yeah, I yeah. mean, from a player who's played for Barcelona for so long to complain about the youngsters being in training, and, uh, I don't <laughs> but know. But I'm not sure, yeah. Such a nonsense. It's just well, it's so funny to watch. For me, it's and, just and, like with I Tottenham. Mean, for me, I think PSG now the season's wrapped up. Yeah, they are out of the Champions League. They, what is the, the the points difference to the second? Seven points. Seven. Seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe that shrunk now a little bit, but they're gonna win the league. Yeah, Marseille are going to to bottle a few games and they're going to win the league. That's so exactly I think what's just the, 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 the tension is now. Zero, and I don't think it's hard for them probably to to really motivate them. I mean, they're going to give their their best for maybe that's the the couple percentage you need to to win these these tough games. It's maybe not not going to be there anymore because there is no adrenaline from the season mm-hmm. because they're out of the Champions League. And so many problems that's, inside. That's that is my my yeah. theory. It's a weird one with Gortier because he was he was the, the coach who 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 led Lille to their to their title uh, mm-hmm. in 2021. But PSG is such a different kind of club. I think you cannot compare it. Yeah, exactly. I think that's yeah, exactly but... it. They wanted a French solution after so many foreign managers, and now all the international there is no stars solution are complaining. For that club. Yeah, I there think. really is no. It's it's unmanageable. Yeah. And he's doing well. Like he's he's got a seventy percent win rate. He's got the one twenty eight out of forty games. But obviously, losing the Champions League is is the key thing. And then if you lose that, mm-hmm. you're just yeah, you're fucked at PSG. It's not good yeah. enough. Yeah, and there is no probably no excitement around the squad because, as you said, they're out of the Champions League. There's not really any big games anymore for them. Uh, I don't know what is the in the coupe de France what's the they're out as well they're out yeah lost against Marseille yeah I think it's just I think they just want to get this season over and done with and then everybody can move on yeah and the irony is that this that that, that the coach is known for for um, developing young players and now he's the coach for for PSG which is known for selling all their young players which is jokes um just quickly want to want to mention Will Still, who we're going to talk about at some other point, because he's a very interesting character. He was born in 92, 
and is a coach of uh, a top five league side who's just <laughs> lost his first game now against Marseille after like what 17 and 18 19 19, 19. games yeah without defeat which is super impressive but we'll talk about him some other time um, I want to talk quickly about Alexis Sanchez who yeah has his best scoring is on his best scoring season since 1617 where he was at some London club small club I think he scored a brilliant you know what you know what I still I still I still love him you know I I know he went to 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 United and all this stuff but I just love this guy Uh, this guy honestly through all the dark days of supporting Arsenal he always managed to pull out the performance which just put a smile to my face so I always thank Alexis for this time. Yeah, he's he's a baller on his day. Uh, I can't quite I can't quite talk in the same terms as as you can because he's <laughs> at United. Um, but I'm happy for him because you know I I like I have a soft spot for for Massey. toxic environment, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, boys, let's just do our top three to flop three of the weekend. Do you want to start, Arman? Um. Fuck, I, I forgot then. Okay, can you guys start? Uh, I have to think. Yeah, I can start. Uh, for my... I'm going to put Rico Henry. Uh, yeah. Because obviously we went to the, the, the Brentford game and he was so good. He was like the main player for Brentford uh, against Leicester. Obviously they didn't win, but he was so good on the pitch. He was everywhere. I think like... I, I didn't check, but I think he, he did like at least 15 kilometers on that pitch. He was always running, always just sprints and it was very good uh, I'm going to put Lois Openda as well for the past few weeks he scored a hat-trick last week and uh, yesterday he scored two goals again so uh, now Lens are back in the, the top three for the Champions League spot in Ligue 1 so thanks to him so yeah huge uh, huge point for Lois Openda and for my club I'm going to put Paris Saint-Germain obviously for everything uh, that is happening at the club and Ivan Tony as well because of the Brentford game uh, we didn't see it the whole game like he wasn't there there was no ball for him uh, yeah it was just a ghost game for him but I know that he's such a good player because uh, we went with Armand to see Arsenal Brentford and it was so good at that game but on the game against Leicester yeah just a ghost and yeah I think Fabi can agree with me. For sure, he, they didn't even. He did. He was. He was just not to be seen. Yeah. Ninety minutes. Be interesting to see what yeah. he does for England now. Yeah. Have and you? yeah, that's it for me. Nice. I think I got it. Yes. Hit, so, hit me. Top three. I have Saka, of course. I have uh, Royce, and my I boy. have my boy Tozin, of course, for his for uh, giving us the win. Um, and that's for all, all of you who are confused now, yeah. this is this is FC Zurich from Switzerland who yeah. won two yeah. one at home to Lucerne. Of course, when when I'm back, they're gonna win again. So that's perfect. Um, as my flop, top one of course, uh, Tottenham Hotspur. It's always good uh, good to watch them suffer. Um, then I have Kepa. I think he did poor with the. Uh, second goal and effectively cost his side two points. Interesting. And I have Marco Rose. I think Leipzig looked really bad against Bochum and mm-hmm. they lo- still look rattled. And yeah, I mean, you have to go there and win if you want to be in any contention of uh, winning a Bundesliga title. Agreed. Uh, I'm going to give a couple of shout-outs as well, just to cap it off. I, I want to give a quick shout-out to, to Johnny Castro, Johnny Otto, who was both my top and flop of the week because he scored an <laughs> insane goal against Leeds. I mean, yeah. a volley oh, yeah, from yeah, like 35 metres out over the top of everyone. And it's like a side-footed, controlled yeah, it volley. Was so much quality in that one shot. So and then he nearly broke uh, Luke Ling's leg a few minutes later and got sent off kind of ruining his team's chances of getting back into the game so yeah, there was there was both in that for me so he, he qualifies as both and yeah. I want to also give a shout out to uh, Allegri 
the Juventus coach, Juventus beat Inter Milan 1-0 on Sunday evening. Um, Can we just talk home. about the, the goal from Kostic? It looked kind of weird, no? I think Onoha yeah. was standing like so no, because there was, to his, to there his was right two time. players in front of him when the shots yeah. goes. Yeah. yeah, there was no yeah. way he can see the ball. But it looked weird, no? I mean, yeah, but I think if you like try to put yourself from the ball, there was like two players in front of Onana, and there was no way he can see the ball. And yeah, okay. Either way, a huge yeah, result for Juve, and and th- with everything that's been going on there, with all the noise that's been going on at Juventus, with with the the, the leadership and the the scandals and the point deductions, and the criticism uh, Allegri has had to put up with himself. Bear in mind, if with their with their 15 points, they would be sat comfortably in second. Uh, but they're seventh now, and they're actually back in contention for the Europa League and, and even Champions League spots potentially. So, so well done to them. Uh, they've they're also still in the Europa League, um, which they have a decent chance of of, of winning now. I I believe. Mm-hmm. Obviously, United are hopefully gonna if they play with them Arsenal beat them out as well. Yeah, but but you they have have Sporting to to play and. Mm-hmm. Uh, We'll see. So, yeah, just he deserves some credit, I believe, after after everything that they've gone through then there. Sure. Cool. All right, boys, that concludes the second test episode of this great pod. Thank you so much for joining me again today. It's been loads Thank of fun. Thank you. We'll probably not do one next week because I'll be away and it'll be hmm. the na- international break, so nobody yeah, gives a shit. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah, but after the next, in the, on the next pod, we'll talk Dortmund against Bayern, I'm sure. And. Uh, oh, yeah. It really depends on the result, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. All right, chaps. Thank you so much. Take care, yeah? Thank yeah, you. take care. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.